0: An honour to be here with you uh, at King Centre. Thank you. Um, some very precious times already. Uh, I, I've been asked to speak about loneliness. <laughs> um, so um, I know that you've been looking at some uh, th- this p- overall headline, healing hurts, hu- healing hurts, Healing Hearts. And already this morning we've 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 talked a lot about how God makes the way for us to go from Independence to being known. You know, he made the way. He himself chose to be lonely so that we could be known by God. And we've, we, we, in, in a sense, we've done so much about loneliness already this morning, you know, in, in taking communion together, in being reminded of what it means to follow Jesus, what he did for us. I am very aware that this topic, loneliness, is, a, is one that, in one sense, we're dealing with all through our lives as followers of Jesus. We're, we're on this journey of being known by God, of finding our identity in him. And so for me to talk for 20 minutes on this topic, uh, I, I will only be scratching the surface. I'm also very aware that loneliness can be quite a um, difficult subject for people, and, and I just want to acknowledge that. I hope that some of the things I can share this morning will be helpful. But I know that I'm not going to deal with it all in 20 minutes. But hopefully we'll be able to uh, look at, look to who Jesus is and how He seeks to bring us into relationship with Him. Um, I know that here that you um, you like thinking about songs because um, I heard last week was amazing. Uh, and uh, so, I would just wonder if you just, just for one minute, turn to people next to you. I'm not going to sing because I don't think I can top last week from what I've heard. Um, but if you turn to people next to you, what? See how many songs you can think of that deal with the emotion of loneliness. Just for one minute, you'll, you'll be surprised. That's a lot. Go on. See if you can see if you can think of some. There we are. Susie's sus off. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going all melancholy. Okay, uh, I don't want to give you too long. Just, just. It's interesting to think about it. I had a little think, obviously, I had a bit more time. Did anyone come up? I heard Sus singing all by myself. He was straight in there all by myself. Anyone else? Any other ones? I'm so lonesome I could cry. I'm so lonesome I could cry, yes. <laughs> Who's. Are you low? Yeah, good old Elvis. I've got, I, I think he's, he's slightly full of himself in those lyrics. I've got those lyrics. Are you lonesome tonight? Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? Does your memory stray to a bright summer day when I, when I kissed you and called you sweetheart? It's a little bit full of himself though, isn't it? But yeah. Are you lonesome tonight? Yeah, that's another one. And any others? I did it my way. Oh my I did it my way, <laughs> yeah. And that just kind of reflects that wanting to be on your own doing it, yeah? I've got that one as well, Sus. So, yeah, only the lonely, good old Roy Orbison. <laughs> yeah. Who's that by? Joseph Martin. Okay, I don't know that one. Yeah, empty house. Okay. You're all there. <laughs> <laughs> I I th- also thought of I had only the lonely. I also thought of. Um, Owner of a Lonely Heart, which is a bit more of a niche one by Yes, Um, it was their classic song, Owner of a Lonely Heart, and uh, Eleanor Rigby, from the Beatles. So there's quite a few, aren't there, that deal with this emotion of of loneliness, and um, that kind of just emphasises that loneliness is a human experience. We all, at some point in our lives, will experience loneliness, Um, and that's why songs are powerful, aren't they? When, when they, when they reflect some of the things that we're thinking about. Chip Dodd, who is the guy who wrote the book that you, you, you're looking at, he said this, God gave us loneliness so we would seek out relationship. Loneliness is a feeling that speaks to our deep hunger to belong and be known it's an interesting one because he's, he's kind of saying that God its a gift from God, loneliness, because then from that place, we seek relationship. It's an interesting idea, isn't it? An, an interesting way of thinking about it. Mother Teresa said, the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. And again, this, this speaks to the, in many ways, the journey of a follower of Jesus is this journey, isn't it, from being independent towards being known by God ultimately when we are known by him when we feel that we are accepted by him we can be in full relationship with him that's when we're fully known that's when the end of loneliness happens and to some extent i would say that through this life there will always be aspects of loneliness but we we, we're moving towards that day when he will come again when the garden of eden will be fully restored and where adam walked in the cool of the day with the Lord, and they knew each other, and they were friends, once again, we will be able to do that with our Lord. And that is the journey that we're on as followers of Jesus. So, I'm going to be not particularly referring to one passage. I'm going to just draw on some different biblical passages that will help us, hopefully, as we go through this. So, the first, the two most important ones, I think, that set set the parameters for where I want to go, because what I want to do is talk about what is it that stops us seeking relationship? And then what is a biblical understanding of right relationships? Relationship with God, relationship with each other. How do we get those right? How do we get those into the right order, if you like? Because health, when we get that right, then we get, um, then God is able to bring healing to our hearts through relationships, through relationship with him and through relationships with each other. So the two verses are from Genesis. Genesis. Um, they are genesis two eighteen. The Lord God said, "It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him." So this speaks to the need for human relationship, for relationship with people. And then I think one of the most uh, the, the saddest verses in the Bible, actually, where the Lord God calls out, "Where are you?" because Remember, it's following the eating of the fruit, and Adam and Eve suddenly are aware of their nakedness. And what's lost there is the innocence of relationship, of being known by God. And there's that cry of God, where are you? Where have you gone? Because, And that speaks again of God's heart for relationship, of being the one who meets our needs, um, who, who reaches out to us in our loneliness. And we've already, actually this morning when we talked Giles in the words he used when we were talking about communion, he talked about Jesus, didn't he? Jesus was someone who experienced loneliness. If you remember that um, uh, scene in the Garden of Gethsemane, again, he demonstrates the two types of relationship, relationship with God, relationship with humanity, with people. Um, he's praying to God his Father, isn't he, at that time where he's, where he's crying out to God, take this cup away from me, yet not my will, but yours, he says, And um, he's crying out to God. He's looking to God to meet him in this need. And then if you remember his disciples, he says, wait here, watch with me. And sadly, they've fallen asleep. They've probably got, you know, you can understand it. They've had a a, a rough few days. Um, But there's that sadness, isn't there, of Jesus going, couldn't you stay awake with me? And in that is that need of Jesus for human relationship and how God gives us each other to help us in our times of need, in our times of loneliness. So how we get those two relationships right and balanced is really important. It mattered to Jesus. I'm sure in that moment, Jesus was lonely. I'm sure he experienced loneliness. And if nothing else, that's that's a real comfort to us, isn't it? That he knows. He knows what it means, feels like to be lonely. So if loneliness is a symptom of a lack of the relationships that we were created to have, then acknowledging our need for loneliness is a start. The book talks about loneliness being a gift that leads to the surrendering of defenses, leading to gains in closeness, warmth, tenderness, and intimacy. So why would we want to stop seeking that? What is it that stops us seeking an answer to our loneliness in relationship? And again, Uh, This is where I'm really aware that the time we have won't do justice to this, but I think it would be wrong not to mention that there are things in our lives that stop us seeking an answer to the loneliness that we find within us. If loneliness is the gift that can propel us towards relationship, it requires vulnerability. And for many reasons, people find making themselves vulnerable hard because of what they have experienced in past relationships. And it's worth acknowledging that one of the things that God wants to do in terms of healing our hurting hearts so that we may know him is he needs to heal us. He wants to heal us from those past hurts that have happened to us. Um, I mentioned um, the song Owner of a Lonely Heart um, by Yes. You may not know it, but the, the chorus goes like this. Owner of a lonely heart, much better than an owner of a broken heart. You can see there, can't you? It's much better, I'll not risk a broken heart. I'd prefer to have a lonely heart than a broken heart. And I think that reflects a lot of people's, um, the reasons why a lot of people don't pursue relationship, don't pursue vulnerability, because I might get hurt, so I'll protect myself from that. And that's understandable. But God is a God who is gentle and kind, and he will keep meeting us in those needs. And he will bring people around us who will help us to gradually become vulnerable to him and allow him to heal our hearts. But it is a journey. It's not something that is easy. And we're all on that journey to some extent or other. Maybe religions failed us. Maybe we've experienced wrong understandings of God. One of the saddest things I find is when I meet people who have been put off relationship with God because of what they've experienced through through the people of God. I think that's really sad. But I do believe in a God who's redemptive, and I've seen also people's hearts healed through the people of God, through being part of a community of loving people, normal people like you and me, who are all on this journey of um, struggling at, struggling to walk with Jesus, some days better than others. We're all the same, aren't we? But we, that's why we gather. That's why it's so important to be the people of God together, helping each other speaking the truth of God into our lives, loving each other, forgiving each other, understanding each other, realizing that we're all on this tough journey. And there's nothing more precious is there than people who get you, who um, show mercy, show that, reflect who God is actually through the the relationships that we have and uh, enable us to um, be healed by him through those, in those places. If we are in that place where we don't want to be vulnerable or we don't want to get hurt again, it can lead us to some places in seeking to be known that aren't good for us. Often some of the things that happen with the way people express their sexual desire can be as a a result of them not wanting to go into that vulnerable place, but still seeking to find an, an answer to their needs. Sex without intimacy is a controlling it on our terms, so we don't have to give anything away. Addiction to pornography can be an expression of this. It's on my terms. I'm still going for something, but I'm not going to make myself vulnerable. And you can see why this, is open, this can open up a whole area that again, I, I, forgive me that I can't go into detail, but it's worth us recognizing where we will sometimes in our brokenness go to In order to meet that need of loneliness and if we don't go to god we can go to other places that aren't good or helpful for us it's a need that needs meeting god wants to meet it and often we will choose the short way (laughs) or an easier way that isn't good for us this is a a quote from someone called um, elizabeth gilbert who wrote a book called eat pray love when i get lonely these days i think So be lonely Liz, learn your way around loneliness, make a map of it, sit with it for once in your life. Welcome to the human experience, but never again use another person's body or emotions as a scratching post for your own unfulfilled yearnings. Being aware of it, finding a place to take it to God through prayer, through trusted relationships, this is what enables us to recalibrate ourselves, if you like, to finding the needs that we have in God. So another quote from Chip Dodd. It's the most American-sounding name ever, isn't it, Chip Dodd? Um, um, based upon the painful experience that, you, that made you a survivor, he's talking to people who have been hurt um, and therefore find it difficult to make themselves vulnerable. Based upon the painful experience that made you a survivor, you have the right to remain defended. But if you will only risk giving up that right, you stand to gain everything for which your heart hungers. By surrendering to the truth that we are made for relationship, we find the very things we thought (laughs) we could never have. Closeness, warmth, tenderness, intimacy, and love with ourselves, others, and God. And like I've already said, this is why good church community is so vital. Good people who you know you can be yourself and real with. You know, the, the, the whole thing of pretending to be something you know. I always remember a title of a book: why am I afraid to tell you who I really am? And, we, you know, ch- Christian community that isn't real and honest is a dangerous community because we all go around pretending to be something we're not. When you find a place where you can be yourself... Honest, real, vulnerable. When you have friendships, <coughs> Christian friendships, where you can just be yourself with and they'll, they'll listen to you and they'll go, I'm with you in this, I'll walk with you in this. Don't we need more than ever people who are in the trenches with us, helping us? Don't we need that more than ever? Yeah. Yes. And that's why, you know, don't give up meeting together. You know, That's why the Bible says this, doesn't it? Spend time with each other. Spur each other on. Help each other find God in relationship. Can you hear already that thing about how you calibrate the two relationships right? We don't go to people to, f- to meet the needs that God wants to meet. God is the one who meets our needs. But people who are walking with Jesus with us can help us to find God to meet those needs. And can reflect the truths of who God is in the mercy they show, in the love that they show. It's really important that we get that hierarchy of relationship right though. Because often, another way we can go wrong is we look to people to meet the needs that only God can meet. And that's really important. So the proper calibration. There is a biblical order to relationships. The prime relationship is with God. And other relationships are secondary to this one relationship. It's really important that we, we recognize this. Um, loneliness pushes us towards relationship with God and with people. And it requires that level of self-awareness of what our needs are and where we can find those needs met. C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite authors. You'll know him from writing Narnia books, but he's, he's written so many books. And uh, he talks about this thing called the inconsolable longing, um, this, this longing we have within ourselves uh, for something which nothing in this world can ever satisfy. He says, if I find within myself a logging for something which no experience in this world can satisfy, it makes me believe I was made for another world. And it's that, it's that journey of finding our fullness in God, which will never be fully realized until that day when he comes again. But we're on that journey. Chip Dodd again says, the heart also voices a kind of loneliness that can never be completely filled, answered, or quieted as long as we live. This loneliness awakens us to our emotional and spiritual longing for God. So again, it's the idea that our loneliness can lead us to the place of seeking God, of pursuing him as we go along. There's a deep longing within us that only God can satisfy. (coughs) When we get the order right in relationships, it's beautiful. When we learn to pursue God first, and our relation, then our relationships with people can become the best they can be. Ironically, when we pursue relationships with people first, actually they then they're, they're never as good as they could be when we pursue God first. Does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, but we often, yeah. I don't know. I I always remember when I used to talk about this, or I'd hear people talk about. I go, no, of course I. My family comes first, or my wife comes first. Uh, you know, it's hard for you to go. Well, I'm going to put God before my family. Because family is so important to us, isn't it? Friendship is so important to us. Human relationships are so important. But actually, those human relationships become all they were ever meant to be and created to be and intended to be by God only when we put him first. And when we, see, when we put those tho- human relationships first, they become less than they ever could be than when we put God first. It's the way God has made it. God made us to be in family and this is really important. Those relationships are important. Those relationships are made by God, ordained by God. He made us to have friendships. He made us to have community. He delights in our enjoyment of these relationships. He loves it. He loves. I, I, I'm convinced that God looks at, at human relationships that are good and he, it gives him great joy. You know, it, it gives him great joy. It's, it's part of his creation. Um, and those relationships at the best enable us to glimpse who God is through them and lead us to pursue Him even more. These relationships are good and God given. My role as a father, my role as an uncle um, with children has been a beautiful thing for me where I've learned more about God. You know, those relationships, God che- teaches us about Himself through relationships. Um, one example would be discipline. When I'm disciplining my children, I'm, Beth's in the front row here, I've got to be careful here. Uh, um, I've never had to discipline Beth, ever. <laughs> She's so good. Um, but <laughs> when um, I, I understood God's, why God wants to discipline me when I became a father, because I know that I want, I want the best for my children because I love them, not because I'm some mean person who just wants to stop them having fun. Although sometimes children can think that's why they, they, they quite get why parents are making the decisions they're doing. But isn't that what we do, why we do it? Isn't that why we, if we're fr- we've got a good friendship, we'll challenge a friend. We won't just go, be compliant with them and complicit with them. Because we love them and want the best for them, we'll bring challenge. And that helped me understand God's heart for me. Where he will challenge me, where he will call me out on my sin. I know it's because he loves me. And can you see how human relationships teach us about God? And it should be that way. That's what they should do. All good human relationships should point us to God, should enable us to um, learn a bit more about him. We long, as I say, for people who journey with us, who get us and who want the best for us, who'll be in the trenches with us. There's a prayer group that... That I have, um, and I know Giles has a prayer group as well, I, I, it means a lot to me that there are people, and there's some of you in this room, who pray for me and Pippa regularly, and I know that your prayers are that I will find, my, uh, I'll find what I need in God, that I'll come to God. And uh, those kind of relationships are so important. Just recently, I met a friend who, I, we both became Christians at the same time when we were both 17. He, he works for Open Doors now, and he came and preached at Philly. And it was such a joy, you know, where, 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 um, where you know, one of the sadnesses is people you've, you've chose to follow Jesus with and then they no longer are. I find, I, I find that really sad. But here was, here was someone who, who I hadn't seen for about 15 years because he's worse than me in keeping in touch. But um, he was my best man. I was his best man. And, and he, he, came, he came to Philly last Sunday and he preached. And here was someone who was still pursuing Jesus still asking me how I'm doing. And you know, that's really precious friends who are, who, are, who are, despite all odds, still seeking him, still going after him, still walking with him. And we need that, we need each other to help us do that. C.S. Lewis again, he says this about the order of things. Um, apparently the world is made this way. You can't get second things by putting them first. You can get second things only by putting first things first. And then, uh, so that I'm not just quoting C.S. Lewis all the time, um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The priority of relationship, seek him first, and all these things will be added to you. So questions to ask about your relationships with people in in seeking to answer that loneliness need that we have within ourselves. Is the relationship something that helps you to grow in your primary relationship with God, or at least doesn't push you away? Not all relationships can do that, and I'm not at all here arguing for just spending time with Christians. That's the last thing I'm arguing about. Actually, some some of the people who don't yet know Jesus can be some of the people who most help you understand who God is, in my experience, sometimes. Um, so I'm not arguing for that, but it's a good question to ask. The people you choose to spend time with, the relationships you choose to have, do they help you to see God? Do they help? Do they push you towards God? And, they, and, and, and at the least, do they not push you away from God? Are they not harmful to you in your relationship with God? That's a really important question. Um, And so, the last thing I want to say in terms of how we do this, how do we how do we calibrate our relationship right, so that we get God first and then human relationships second? And there are lots of answers, not least reading the Bible, praying, you know, all the all the usual answers. But the thing I've rediscovered recently is something called solitude. Don't know if you. It might seem strange to talk about solitude when we're talking about loneliness, but solitude is different to isolation. Isolation is where you are on your own. Solitude is a deliberate choosing to put yourself in a place where you prioritize, biblical solitude, where you pr- prioritize relationship with God. You withdraw from other relationships, so you're recalibrating yourself back to relationship with God. And if you think about it, Jesus did this, didn't he? He practiced solitude in order to get the order of things right within his life. A few verses from j- that, j- that speak of Jesus Very early in the morning, this is Mark 1.35, very early in the morning, whilst it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Uh, Also, Mark 3.13, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. Matthew 14.13, when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded, He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Look, when his cousin was killed, what was his first reaction? To go to God, to go to his father. Mark 6, 31 to 32, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to his disciples, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. After Jesus dismissed the crowds, he went upon a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was still there alone. You get the picture. Jesus, it mattered to Jesus. This is how he calibrated the right relationship. He chose to be alone, solitude to be with his father. I'm always struck by Luke 5.15, which says this. Yet the news about Jesus spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Crowds of people were coming to be healed and to be fed by him. He could have carried on, but he didn't. He chose to withdraw to a lonely place and pray. It's really, sometimes we will find our need met, or we'll seek to find our needs met in feeling relevant, in feeling important, in feeling needed, in our ministry, Jesus demonstrates here. It's the only thing, the only relationship that will truly define our identity and make us known is our relationship with the Father. Everything else should flow from that. We shouldn't look to what we do to give us our sense of identity and meaning. He chose to prioritize God. One of the most profound experiences I had recently um, was I had the real privilege of going to Israel. Uh, last year, and I um, fortunately before all the troubles started um, recent troubles, I should say and um, one of the we went to we went to the, uh, the, the, the the desert where they think Jesus will have gone out in the forty days and it 's also probably the scene scene of of this good Samaritan story, so a picture kind of very stark desert I think that I put a picture of this I think Pete yeah, so this is a picture I took. Um, and you'll see a path on the other side, which is probably what Jesus had in mind when he's talking about the Good Samaritan story. And I, we went to this place. There's a monastery right down in the bottom, red hot, really, really hot. And um, you go down and you hear these people shouting, taxi, taxi. And you, you look around and there's this donkey coming up there, up <laughs> the, the path. You know, they want to want you to get a taxi on a donkey. Um, but it was one of the most profound experiences because jo- I went with Joel, uh, Beth's older brother, and... Um, uh, it was a really lovely time, me and Joel going to, to Israel together and seeing the Holy Land. Um, but he decided to go off with 12 others um, on that path, and you can—I don't know if you can just see—you can see the dot. That's that's Joel walking in the middle there, and um, and he—that's the road to Jericho. That's the path to Jericho between Jerusalem and Jericho, and they walked into Jericho, um, and um, it was it was. It was one of the most profound experiences because I said, I'm not going to go with them and I'm not going to stay with everyone else. I went off on my own. And it was, it was like uh, very symbolic as Joel was disappearing off into the distance. It was like even that relationship, which is my son that I love, even that has to come secondary to my relationship with God. It was, it was, a, it was a, a very moving time for me. I was like on my own in this desert where Jesus had been on his own. So, you know, it's always going to be quite moving anyway. But then it suddenly hit me that at the end of it all, what matters is my relationship with him. All else is subservient to that. Does, th- does this make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it, it was just a, a profound reminder. I must pay attention to my relationship with God. And all other things come from that place, flow from that place, and serve that place. Um, so how will you... If solitude is something that maybe you already practice solitude and you're good at it, but I'm not, and I'm trying to practice solitude as a way of recalibrating myself to the order of relationship that God is calling us into. Um, sitting in the garden, the weather's starting to get better. Isn't it nice now? The weather's starting to get better. I sat out last Friday for the first time in the garden and I didn't, with my cup of coffee, and I just sat, and I just listened to the birdsong, which are praising God. You know when it says all creation declares the glory of God? You sit there and and you look out at the the spring coming, and all creations declare, and you just join in. You just join in. You say, Thank you, God, for this. That's that's, that for me. That is maybe I'm middle aged, people do that a little bit more. I'm I'm not sure whether young people would like to do that, but that's just where I'm at. I like to sit in gardens looking at the spring. Um, But where is it you can find that place of solitude? Where is it you can find that place where you recalibrate yourself? You choose to take yourself away human relationship. And I'm not, I don't mean like going to, it, I mean Israel was a real privilege for me, but we can do it for half an hour, can't we, at the beginning of the day, or we can, we can ex- do extended times while we go on a sabbatical, or, sorry, sabbatical, that's another privilege of clergy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I don't want to come out, but holiday. holiday, thank you. Well, or, or just choose to go away on a retreat, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed by, You know, Wendy, Wendy lets me go to Caton to the bungalow in in Caton and I've been there a few times, and that that is a um, a wonderful, I find it hard being on my own, but it's really important for me to just recalibrate myself, get back, God is my primary relationship, and I will be a better whatever because I choose to prioritise that relationship. So... Maybe just ask yourself, where can you build, and I I, I, I offer solitude just as one way that we recalibrate, it's just the way that God's been speaking to me, there are many other ways, but where, if solitude is something that you think might be right for you, where can you build that into your daily rhythm, into your yearly rhythm, you know, what can you do that will enable you to just withdraw, just as Jesus did, recalibrate, recalibrate, because he wants to meet that need. He wants to meet, meet the, the loneliness that, that we have, all have. So I, as, as I finish, I want to just pause, and I'm going to um, read some Bible passages out, which I hope will be an encouragement to us about who God is. But let's just, let's just pause, maybe close our eyes, and just ask the Holy Spirit um, to speak to us. Um, to maybe speak specifically to 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 ourselves personally, what he want, might want to say. Um, when we were praying before the service, a few we were asking God what if there were things that he might want to say, and there are a couple of things that I think might be relevant just for people. Um, there was a picture of walls being demolished, brick by brick, and for me that spoke to it's not it's not an overnight thing. This being healed but God will, will take each one of us as, as we are and he knows what's right for us. He's good and he's kind and he's gentle and he will lead us if we allow him into the place of healing. Um, and he will demolish those walls brick by brick in order that we can know him. Um, the other thing was something that um, I felt that there might be people who feel like there's a fog around them that, mean, that is between them and God. This had the phrase crying out in the dark. Um, the truth about fog is, it, 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 you know like when you're in a plane and you, you you take off and you go above the clouds and suddenly the sun's there and the blue sky's there? That sun and blue sky was always there. It's just the cloud um, obscured it. And um, God wants to blow away those clouds because it deceives us sometimes. We can be deceived that God is uh, not nowhere near when he's, he's just the other side of that fog, <laughs> you know. And he, and, and he wants to clear that away. So maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you have found yourself crying out for God. I, I know I certainly have. You know, being honest with you, in the last two or three years, yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a hard place to be, but He is close. He's always close, and he just waits for us to cry out to him. So let's just pause. I'm just going to read a few uh, verses, and then I'll hand back to Ange. Is that all right? Isaiah 41 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous hand Deuteronomy says be strong and courageous do not fear or be in dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you He goes with you He will not leave you or forsake you John 14:18 says I will not leave you as as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus speaking about sending the Holy Spirit. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then in Matthew 28, when he's teaching the disciples to observe all that he's commanded them, he says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Maybe you need to just be reminded of that this morning. He is with you always to the end of the age. So Father God, I pray for each one of us this morning, I thank you that we've been reminded as we've shared communion of how you have gone all out how you've done everything to make it possible for us to move from isolation to being known by you thank you Jesus for your heart for us for your love for us for the way that you are with us and close to us and I pray for each one of us Lord particularly for those who maybe don't feel that I pray Lord that you would remind us this morning of your closeness, that you are faithful, that you never leave us, and that you long for us to walk in relationship with you. Help us to find all the needs that we have in you. And I thank you for good Christian community. (coughs) Thank you for the gift of relationship with people who are good for us, who help us to seek you and help us to walk closely with you a pro blessing on this 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 group of people here on us all here this morning that may we continue to walk closely with you and with each other on that journey of discovering more of you jesus amen